This podcast episode is my interview back in 2001 with Alan Maple. It's one of the first interviews I did. Alan was living up in Terrelgan and he had won the Reserves Best and Fairest twice uh, in consecutive years and he also played three senior games with Richmond in 1937 and that's it. And I wanted to interview him because no one had spoken to him before on record to get his memories of Richmond. So I drove all the way up to Terrelgan. And um, he was also a, I think he was a wood carver. And in his shed out the back, he was carving, making clocks out of maple wood. Um, and I bought one from him, which I still have in my house here. So this interview is from 2001. And after I press record, Alan automatically started with stories. So um, the first part of the interview you'll hear, he is halfway through telling the story of Ernie Saunders. Ernie Saunders was um, a, a trainer slash doctor physician uh, who looked after all the players who went to Carlton. So enjoy this conversation with Alan Maple. Five, four, three, two, one. Alan Maple interview in March the 2nd, 2001, by Rhett Bartlett in Terrellwood. Which went over to Carlton. Oh. And he had two boys and uh, was playing with the seconds too. I'm trying to think of their names. Uh, but that's immaterial anyway. Mm. And I think, well, I'm not sure it is, I think first Bentley went over there that year too to Carlton. I don't know whether he played, I can't remember. Mm. But anyway, I walked around on bloody, they'd done everything they could down at Richmond for me, but none of them bloody knew what they were doing. They sent me here and sent me there and this bloke came there, there, there. And when Kevin O'Neill said to me, have you been over to see Ernie? And I said, no. I said, bugger it, I'll go over and see him, because he knew me. He was a marvel, that bugger. He said, put his fingers on him, you know. I can't remember, we used to go down the road. turned out to be my brother-in-law, and I lost him only a couple, of three years ago. And we used to walk down there Sunday morning for bloody kids at 13 and 14. And they used to be lined up from all over the place from other clubs on Sunday morning with bloody shoulders out of joint, elbows out of joint, knees, cartilages and that. And poor old Ernie would fix them up one after the other. And I think at that stage he wasn't allowed to charge anybody. And I think later on they passed a special law and allowed him to charge something because he didn't have no degrees or anything. Mm. Mm. But by Jesus, he was a clever man. Finally got out to see him and when I walked in on these bloody crutches, I had a job to get over. I struck his dear old wife at the door and she wouldn't let me in. And Ernie come up with a bloody passage and he'd seen who it was. And he yelled out to her, let him in, let him in. Walked in, and he said, Sit down, drop your tweet. I did. It got a bit of his bloody black stuff and rubbed on me. I said, Can you do anything for me, Mr. Saunders? I'll fix it in a minute, he said. I said, What's wrong with it? It's just your cartridge out, he said. And he was right, he said to me, You want it? He said, There, yeah, hey, you're right, you won't need those bloody crutches now. Amazing. He was. Yeah. He was. I was telling you that 
I used to work at Herbert Adams' Cake Factory. Where was that in? In the Sisto Street, Richmond. Just off Bridge Road. And my old mate and I, we used to walk down to Sunday mornings to the club. To, I was telling you, to, when we were only 13 and 14, I started work there at 13. And I worked there till I was 20. And it was through me football that I left there. I, I bloody well just couldn't stand to go down there and watch and couldn't play. And uh, oh, I, I, I've got to get out of here. And I, I left, I left my job and that. And I wrote to my dad and asked him if he could get me a job up the bush. And he did. He got me a job up at Dindavik for these, working for these blokes. Cut bloody pulpwood. But, uh, can, I, can I ask, where were you born? Born in Warrigal. Born in Warrigal. Yeah. Right. Now, did, how did you how did you become to like football? What did your parent did your your father play football or? No, no I loved footy when I went to school. In fact, I won a place in the Victorian schoolboys when I was just about finished school, which Dad had sold his farm near him. And I was living with my eldest sister in Woolacott Street, Coburg. And uh, anyway, another mate and I, we both won a place in the Victorian schoolboys. But when I went home and told them that I had to have three pound ten or whatever it was to go, they couldn't find that, so I didn't go. But the other mate, he was right, he went. Well, my old Christy, has gone there, passed on there too. But uh, when I was about 16, 15, the dad used to live at this stage. He lived up at a place called Hurst Bridge. And he had an old shack up there. He used to do a bit of gold fuzzing in in the creek there. And we used to go up there weekends, and I, I started going up there, and I played two years of football up there. The second year was in 1935, and I was captain. I think I was 16, mm. and they won their first premiership. They'd won in 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they had a hell of a bloody time. <laughs> what, did, what did your parents do for an occupation? Well, mum was passed on. Then. Right. Dad was, he was retired. Yeah. So how did how did you how did you come about that you were going that you were going to play at Richmond? How did how did that well, all come about? The second year I played for Hurstbridge, I used to go up on the train to Hurstbridge every every Saturday morning, sometimes Friday night, mm. and uh, I played footy up there and I played cricket up there. But I only played for two years, and at the end of the second year, I'll tell you we won the premiership and I was captain. In fact, I only, uh, they gave me a gold buddy, yeah, medal, and uh, I gave it to the son on his 60th birthday, only a few months ago. Oh, that's great. Yeah. He, he's got that there. I don't think you'll get that off him. <laughs> but uh, this, when I finished the second year up there, 
I got invited down to, to train with Richmond Seconds. Who invited you down, do you remember? That I wouldn't have no, bloody Probably clue. would have received a letter or... I can't remember. It's a bloody long while ago. And uh, I went down there. But I never got a game. Mm. The first three games. They sent me over to play with their thirds, which was Richmond Districts. And I still remember the first couple of games I had over there. They were, it was made up, the district sides were made up of nearly all ex-league players that knew every bloody trick in the trade. I can remember the first day there. I can't remember the, who was coach at the, the thirds, but he said to me, you get in front of him, Alan, you'll be too fast for him. Well, I was. But, you know, he was about six foot four or more. You know what he'd done all day? He, he might have been six foot six. He's a great ex-league player. He brought his two elbows down on the top of his shoulders like this all day. I was so near to turn around and bloody let me have done every the strength I had in his bloody face. What, do, do you remember what his name was? Not sure. Not sure. What was... What was... What, what was it actually like just back then? Just life in general? Back when you were a teenager, was it was it a tough life? Just in general, you know, did you? Well, I'll give you some idea. When I started work at Adams's, I got twenty one and six a week. I used to walk three miles to get there. I, I was living with a sister, and I was over near the Fairfield Hat Factory. Uh, forget the name of the street, but it's a fair walk from there up to to, to the cake factory. Mm. In fact, I only got a job there because my brother-in-law used to do all their 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 work on their, their trucks and that, panel beating and all that sort of thing. And uh, they said, Dave, the first time they wanted to let that back give me a start. So I got a start there. I got 21 and 6 a week. And I used to pay a pound out of a board. Uh, I was telling my grandson about that a little while ago. He said, you couldn't have lived on it. Well, I said, I'm bloody here, aren't I? <laughs> now, was this, was this depression times? Yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell it was. Anyway, getting back to Adams, it's when I turned 17, I went from 21 and 6, and then I got 32 or 33 each year of a year older, they get, they got another two or three jobs. And old Mr. Adams come up to me one day. At this stage, I was head biscuit maker, in charge of about seven or eight blokes. And uh, Mr. Adams, he's very seldom ever talked to him. He came up to me this day on Friday night and really finished this washing machine. Down. I don't know how things are going. I said, all right, Mr. Adams, thanks. He said, look, son, there'll be a bit of a surprise in your pay packet tonight. He said, you just keep it under your hat. He said, keep the good work going. If I make a sir out of you one day. You know, when I went down and got me pay, you know what I got? I got eight pound odd. Bloody hell, I've never had so much money in all my life. 
and that what they'd done was they'd given me full place to Cook's wages, which was £4.13. And nearly every bloke could work there, there was a hundred blokes there with families and that, and they were on the, what they called the basic wage, which was about £3.14. So, uh, How did you spend that money? Very wisely. First thing I done was walked home and I gave the dear old soul that was I was boarding with, I doubled her board because she'd been boarding me for peanuts. And the next thing I'd done was walk down to a place called Noonan Collins in Bridge Road, Richmond. And I paid them in full for a blue twilled suit that I'd bought about two or three months before. And I used to go down and pay two and sixpence off it every Friday night. And it's good education, see. And I made a vow on the way down to pay that, that I'd never ever buy anything again that I that I didn't really need if I didn't have the money to buy it. Yeah, and you said oh, that's a depression. My bloody oath it was. Things were different. Mm. But you got through it obviously. You got through yeah. it okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, but even in, in that stage I, I got different blokes to work. I had a good job, see, and I, as I said I had seven or eight I was in charge of. And uh, Oh, God. Who did, you, who did you barrack for as a kid? Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how you, how you came to choose Richmond to barrack for? Well, I like think it was this brother-in-law. Right. As I think his name was Smith. Thomas Borthwick Smith. What is his middle name? Borthwick. Borthwick. Yeah. And I think, I think his uncle... Or some relation of him was secretary of Richmond at one stage, right? Hey? right. Yeah, there was a Smith who was secretary. Uh, that's only what I was told. I'm, no, in fact, I met him, I think. But I was only a, a kid. Uh, where was I anyway? So, through the brother-in-law is how you uh, became to Barrett for Richmond. Yeah, right. yeah, that's right. Who did, was there a player that you admired or was a hero? And after football, I don't know about that. There was a bloody lot of my mm. So you barracked for them through the through that era when they became successful. Yeah, yeah. I have barracked for them all my life. The times, an old herdsman, mate, who well, used to board, board with his mother. Jeez, he, even his daughter was the best. Richmond supporters, I think I've ever seen. She's funny kidding. She she read every bit of that sport and drove. Yeah. Oh, every player. Did you go to the matches when you were young? Did you go to the? Oh to yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not for that much, not that long, because as I said, I started playing. I only played for one, two, three, four years, and two of those years was up at Hurst Bridge. The first year I played, and we used to play uh, King Lake, Diamond Creek, uh, Whittlesea. What was the other side? 
Greensboro? No, I don't think so. Down as far as Diamond Creek. First Bridge, Panton Hill. Second year I was there, we won the premiership, and they hadn't won one in 40 years, so they were very excited. Mm. I used to play cricket up there too, but was no good at cricket. No good at cricket. I wasn't really interested in it, but it was, uh, oh, I don't know what I was, you know. So you played football for your school when you were young? You know where that is? No idea where that is. Well, it's just near Neerham Junction. Neerham Junction is where the dad had a little property when I was a kid, and we used to walk from there to Nayuk School. Neerham Junction never had a school. My father's buried at Neerham, but mum's buried at Neerham. Yeah. But you, you weren't born in Neerham, were you? No, I was born in Warrigal, but that was the nearest hospital. So you played you played football when you were at school, obviously. So you always had football in your blood, really, because you were playing oh, oh, it. I liked it. Uh, and uh, as I told you, when I finished school, the last twelve months at Moreland School, that's out Coburg or next door to Coburg, and uh, I played footy there with them. Well, I can't remember much about that. Yeah, I was going to ask, how, how different was country football? You, because you're playing with the country football where you haven't got very much crowd, and then you're playing with Richmond where obviously you have... Oh, a hell of a difference. Yeah. Uh, I never really got going with Richmond. I felt as though I know I could have made it. Because the two years I played with it, that come down and I never got a game with the, the Cubs, the first three games, and they sent me over to play with Richmond Districts, which was their third, if you look at it in another light. And I played three games over there with them. And then the fourth game, I got a game with the seconds. And I played the rest of the year with the seconds. I won the best and fairest with the seconds. Easy. I got invited back to the to district's break-up night. I got beat by one vote for the best and fairest in the districts, in the Richmond districts. But how many games did you play in the Richmond districts that year? Three. <laughs> so I must have played the best and fairest the, the, the three games because I got nine votes and somebody won it with ten. So that's a long while ago, but some things you remember. And then... The next year, of course, I had a couple of injuries different times and odd games I was out. Mm. The next year I played with the seconds again and I won the best and fairest again with the seconds. And uh, I played three games with the seniors. Never got a bloody kick. I was tripping over blades of grass, I was that nervous. Yeah, bloody terrible. The, 
What did you get for winning the best and fairest? Did they give you a medal? No, they gave us cups. Cups? Yeah. Oh, I had eight, I think, at one stage, and the women all got two now. They gave you cups for the best and fairest? Yeah. Yeah, the Richmond Town Hall. Yeah. <laughs> at the, probably at the, meet, the annual general meeting, was it, or you know, the yearly meeting that they would have? Oh, they, they had a, a presentation night, and they used to go to the Richmond, Richmond Town Hall, if that's where they'd have the night. You know where that is? Yes. Yes, I know where that is, yeah. yeah. Every, every Richmond person knows where that is. <laughs> now, when you were invited, you were obviously invited to come down to training when you first started. Yeah, I can't remember how I got that invite, but I, I got an invitation to come down. Where were you living at that moment, at that time? Good question. Oh, I would have been living at Richmond. Right. With so. the board with poor old Adam Manning. And yeah, so to get to the ground, you just walk? Walked down, yeah. Yeah. And do you have any memories of, of training, of, of football training, of, of Richmond? Yeah. yeah. Was it what you expected? It's good. Yeah. I always remember the bloody crowd, because I was always having a go of trying, you know. And I always seemed to be up against Jack Dyer. And of course, you all know Jack Dyer and his, his, his ability and so on. And I reckon I'm one bloke who, who knew Jack Dyer's what is it made him such a champion. You know what it was? His ability to be able to be standing flat-footed one second and within three strides he could cut you in half. That's if you were silly enough to be standing there. That's because you played against him so many times, training? Well, that I, that, well that he was, I always had to oppose him when I was when training with the, with the seniors. If there was a, a game on, for some reason or other, I seemed to have to pick him up. So how did it feel? What was it like knowing that when, you, when you're playing league football, you're going to the same club that Jack Dye is playing? Was that a, was that a big thrill? Knowing that you'll be oh, playing next to... I don't know that that made any difference right. whatsoever to me. The first game I got was... Oh, I can't remember now, but... I got a game because Jack Dye had to go... It was interstate game. Then they went away playing interstate. And I took his place. But like I told you, I never got a bloody kick. Right. What else, what else do you remember about that first game or, or perhaps around about then? Were you, do you remember... I still remember my first kick. They put me out in the half forward flank, you know, starvation corner, or call it what you like. I couldn't uh, get away with things like your dad did. <laughs> uh, anyway, the ball got kicked out to me, mm. and I was more or less halfway between half forward flank and, and pocket forward. And this bloke came tearing at me like a bat out of hell. I grabbed the ball like this and put my foot up. And anyway, the umpire had stopped him, the bloke coming in. And uh, the umpire said, don't do that again. Anyway, I had me kick and it was a goal. First uh, kick? Yeah. In senior football? Yeah. What was a goal? I think it was the first kick. Mm. And I only had, I can remember, I only had three shots for goal. I had a shot each day. There were three games I played and I, I got three goals. 
So on the th- did you play the senior games in succession? No, not Can't remember. But you didn't have many kicks in the games. No, I tell you, I was, I was that nervous I'd fall over a blade of grass. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I never made it. But, but I know damn well I could if I was exactly the same in the first couple of games with the seconds. Did the club did they have a did the club have an expectation of you because you had just won the best and fairest in two years previous? Did, were they expecting big things from you? Did you think you could have? You certainly think you could have made it. I know I could have made it. I'm sure I could have because of the way. You know, if I, if I, I was just the same when I started to play with the seconds. First three or four games, I should have never got a, another game. I never got a kick. I, I was falling over myself. But after I played two or three games, then I was right. So if only they'd given you more games. Oh, well, this is hypothetical, you don't know. But I'm, I'm sure I would have made it, and I'm sure I would have got more games had this knee stood up. Right. So when I was you... a victim of circumstances. If Ernie Saunders hadn't left when he did, I'd have probably been all right. That I know I would have either. We'd put that in straight away there and then on. But they didn't. And no, I, I couldn't stand it. I had to get out of it. I couldn't stand it. Going down to the footy and that, and I couldn't play. Jesus. Right. So even though you were still injured, you'd go down and watch them play? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was just hard watching them play? Knowing yeah. that you couldn't play? Yeah. God, it drove me up the wall. Yeah. They're doing things that you think, oh, that's bloody silly. What the hell did you do that for, you know? Were you a left footer? No. Right footer? Left feet. Left feet? I think I slowly learnt to kick left foot not far. It got you out of a lot of trouble at times. You know, if you're solely a left footer or a right footer, you've got to wait till you get balanced before you can kick it. But if you can kick it with either foot, by Jesus, it's a big help. See, the game's changed so much today, Red. We were taught... You handballed if you were in trouble, but only when you are in trouble. Now they handball, and the game has got so fast, much faster today, I'd say, than it was in my time. What little bit I played. Did many people have the ability to kick both feet when you played? No. George Smeaton was, was a kind of bloke of... Alan Geddes, I think, would be one of the finest kicks I can remember. Tell me about, what, what else do you remember about Alan? What was it about his kicking that impressed you? Well, if you didn't make position to get to receive the ball, he wouldn't kick it to you. As simple as that. And rightfully so. If you, if you stood flat-footed, no way he'd ever kick it to you. But if you moved for the ball and moved into the right position... It'd be out five or six yards in front of you, and you, you had to be going bad if you couldn't grab it. Was he tough? Oh, he'd stand up for himself. And, but, but, he'd be one of the... One bloke I can really remember in 
Oh, there were a lot, a lot of them were good, good, really good players. Jesus, yeah. That's it there. We went through before, didn't we? Yeah. and O'Neill. Baggett, Murdoch, McCord. Judkins, Zach, Geddes. Now I get tangled up a bit from the half-forward line down to the forward line. But that was a very famous back line. Yes. Yeah, they were there for years, weren't they? Yeah. What was what was Punt Road like to play on? What was the ground like? I I, I liked it. I think you get used to playing on a certain ground. You could play in there often. I didn't have any troubles with it. Yeah. I remember kicking a goal from the wing one day on the right side of it. This is in the seniors. Yeah. No. Oh, no in the seniors. No, in the seconds. Yeah. From the wing. Yeah. Yeah, the bloody ball kept going. There was a raging wind, and it kept going and going, and it bounced and it went on and went through. <laughs> Things you never think of doing. Now, did you did you did you play? Did the reserves play before the seniors on the same day? No. No, we used to go to the opposing ground and play. I think, right? From memory, right? Yeah. No, that would probably make sense. Yeah. 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 So do you remember some of the other grounds you went to? Does any stick in your mind in particular? Oh, no. No doubt you would have probably gone to Collingwood. Yeah. I remember the first day I went to Collingwood. And uh, I think I was playing centre-half back at this time. And this bloke, bloody ball kicked up at this bloke. He beat me through a mark, or beat me to the ball, he turned around and went bang with his left foot. Went right through the top of the sticks. Two or three minutes after, he gets another kick on the other side and, and kicked it with his right foot. You know who it was? Ron Todd. And another time, the ball got kicked down, and our back pocket player was there, and another bloke... One of their blokes, a little bloke, and he got in the middle of the two of their blokes, and somehow or other he worked the ground down, ball down onto the ground, and, and, and went through for another goal. I can tell you who he was. Dennis Fothergill. <laughs> they turned out a pair of decent blokes. Mm. What was the uh, what was the rival? Was there a rivalry back then between the clubs? Oh, I think there always rivalry. Yeah. I remember one day playing against Carlton. I think it was up the Richmond ground. And this bloke, Bob Chitty, he, he came into the back of me and over the top of me and bloody me back and shoulder. And he come down. I thought, you bloody do that again. Anyway, I backed in under him the next time he went to do that. And he come right over the top of me, you know. And I thought, that's even things up. He was a tough man. That bloke. Did you were well, tough enough so that when you played against him, you would always keep your keep an eye just on him? Uh, I don't think I've done that with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Was was the was was the general play back then tough? I think so. Yeah, oh, yeah they they all you know bored him and done their best. That George Smeaton would probably be. 
as I remember, he was playing with the seconds at first. And I don't think I've seen a bloke with more natural talent than that bloke. By Jesus, he was good. Now, what, what number did you wear when you played? In the senior centre? Good tell you. Yeah. Never played enough to bloody. Thanks for that. Hey, uh, hey, there. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Rep, you'd do with a cup of, couldn't you? Well, if you, if you offer, I'll, I'll have a cup of tea if you don't mind, sure. Yeah. Sure. Mm. Yeah, if you don't. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, yeah, very true. Very true. Hey. Uh, you're writing a book, are you? Three more. What was the best part of your game? Were you a good, better handball, kick, mark? What were you, what, what was, what were you good at? I think I could handball yep. and I think I could kick. Yeah. I, was, I was fairly accurate kick. Right. Maybe not a right long rake and kick, but accurate, I could kick fairly accurate with either foot at the finish. Are we talking uh, drop kicks? Both. Yeah. So you used to do drop kicks in your era? Oh, yeah. 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 Why, why would they do? Why would you do drop kicks? What was the purpose of a drop kick? What was well, I don't know. You grew up doing things a certain way, mm. and that's the way you've done it. Mm. It's only recent years that they haven't done drop kicks. In fact, I think it's a damn shame. It's ruined the game of one of the one of the one of its best attributes. Beautiful drop kicking blokes who could drop kick a ball. You knew where it was going to be, and you could fly for it. And you'd know where it'd be. They kick these bloody things they kick today. You don't know where they're going to go. Do you? You'd agree with that? I agree with that. Yeah. When, you, when, you, when I look at the old footage, I see, you know, just people, Dad used to do drop kicks, and I just thought they were great. Freddie Swift used to do drop kicks, you know. Yeah. Uh, kicking out from full back, and I just yeah. thought it was majestic to watch. It was, That's right. Great. Oh, God, yeah. No. But it slowly, slowly just... And looks like Alan Geddes. If he kicked a ball to you, yep. there'd have to be something wrong with you if you couldn't get it. Mm. Because he put it out just so many yards, he'd miss it how much you could be ten yards in front of you. Mm. He had to get it. Mm. And those blokes with their stabs, there was a bloke at Collingwood, Merritt, I think, Thorold Merritt. Beautiful drop kick of stab pass. Only go this high. But, you know, it's a shame that those dis that's disappeared out of the game. Who was, who was the best kick that you saw? Who was the most reliable kick? Oh, God, that's hard. There's mm. a lot of reliable kicks. I suppose that bloke that played for the Hawks and won the goal kick and take a lot of beat. What was this? Hudson. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Pretty accurate kick. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it's a lot, hasn't it? And yeah. probably yeah. in recent years, the bloke that's just retired. Lockett? Yeah. Mm. He's an object lesson as to how to kick a ball. Drop kicks anyway, you know. Punt kicks, as they call them today, or whatever you call them. Like he brought them. Pretty simple to kick a ball straight. If you 
imagine your leg as a pendulum. And you drop that ball, that true on it, it's got to go where you're kicking it. You see a lot of blokes that try and throw the ball out there and bring their foot this way. You don't know where they're going. What position did you play? Oh, Jesus. I played centre-half forward, centre-half back, and then the ruck. Do you remember who your opponent, your, your, do you remember who you played your first game against? What team? No, I'll have it up at Bridge. I mean, sorry, I'm referring to when you were playing seniors at Richmond. Do you remember your first senior game, who you played against? Yeah, I think it, I only think, mm. I think it was against the Brownlow medalist. Uh, Norman Yeah, Norman. Norman Wayne. Your first game was it? You're on Norman I think, I think that's the first, my first game. Was that intimidating on a Brownlow medalist? No, he didn't worry me. Nerves worried me. Did you always get nervous before a game? No, not once I got, got... I was the same with the seconds. The first three games I played, I should have never got another game. I never got a kick. And uh, I heard it to something. I think it was three-quarter time and one of the bloke named Rupert Myers that was on the committee and uh, he said to me, you want to bloody do something, Alan? Because it was through him I got a game, you know. Well, I'd done something in that last quarter I'd never ever done before. I ran through a few blokes and I didn't, I never believed in that. I always believed in playing the ball run to that. I was up in blokes for that. This was in the seconds? Yeah. So you sort of like, you, you realised you were playing for your career in a sense. You had to, yeah, you had to step you do up. do something or you'll be bloody well out next week. That's why I had to... So did you, did you change then? Did you find oh, I that your game changed? I, I got a game the next week and I was right from there on. Right. Who did you, um, who, who coached, do you remember who some of your coaches were? Gettys was at one stage. I'll see. I'll just check on that. Good player. Bruce Bentley? Yeah. yeah. He was captain for quite some years. And I think the year that I got hurt, 38, I think he went with Ernie Saunders to Carlton. I'm pretty sure. I don't know that he played over there. But something in the back of my mind seems to tell me that first Bentley went over to Carlton. In about 38. Well, that was, that was 38, the start of the practice match that I got hurt. Okay, so you played you played senior football in '37, and then they dropped you down to the reserves after later in the season, did they? '37. Which meant when you played your senior football? I think that's here. But you were, you were injury free. I mean, the reason that you weren't playing any more senior games was because they. Put you in this in the in the reserves. Is that correct? In the seconds. Yeah. 
I, I, they just didn't think that you were you were good enough. Well, I wasn't up to it. I, I, the, the few games I'd had, I never got. As I told you, I never got a bloody kick. No. But just the same as when I started with the seconds. I was full of nerves. I fell over bloody blades of grass and things like that. You know. Did you think that perhaps you you played at the wrong time? Perhaps there were so many great players in the team that you sort of came in at the wrong time. No, 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 no. no it was just. I didn't make it, but I'm right. sure I would have made it had I not got hurt. So then you've tr- so then you've you started in 1938. Try again, have you? I come uh, first practice match in 38. Is when I got my knee hurt, and that's when Saunders wasn't there. He'd gone to Carlton. Right, right. Had he still been there, that knee would have been all right. How did how did you hurt the knee, Tom? I don't know. No. It was just in but practice. I knew that there was something wrong with it, and I told them at quarter time. But they had a look, and they couldn't find anything wrong with it. They had a look after the game. Next day, it was up like that. Then I walked around the bloody crutches, and they sent me to different blokes, and that, but none of them knew what they were doing. And it was Kevin O'Neill that said to me one night, and I walked down there with the bloody crutches again. He wanted to know how the knee was coming on. I said, no bloody good, Kevin. He said, have you been over to see old Ernie? I said, no, I haven't. Do you reckon he'd see me? Of course you'll see, he said. You're the best boy we've had down here for bloody years, and here you are walking around on bloody crutches all the time. So the next week I went over to see old Ernie. Did it, did it surprise you that they, they didn't help you when you were injured? They did help me. They, they sent me here and they sent me there, but none of these blokes knew. There was none of there was no only Saunders about besides him. So I was telling you, I can remember when we were kids and we used to go down to the room Sunday morning, Herb and me, and there'd be a great line of people from other clubs, and I only used to treat them all. The other clubs. Yeah. And elbows out of you, and shoulders that dislocated. And he didn't charge you. Charge anybody to my knowledge. How much did you get paid for playing footy? How much did they pay you? Three pound, I think. That was a. Was a seniors. And you got so much for being on the list. I can't remember what that was for the seniors. No. Now three pounds. What was three pounds like back in those days? Well, it was a bloody lot, wasn't it? I was telling you earlier that. Uh, £3.14 was a basic wage when I was working at Adams's. £3.14 was the basic wage. And when I turned 17, the boss gave me full pastry cook's wage, which was £4.13, I think. Yeah. And I finished up with £8. And I Jesus, what the hell? To go from 31 and 6 a week, to, it made a hell of a difference. So you never played football again in 1938, did you? After Ernie Saunders fixed your knee? Yes, I, I I got a job up in the bush. And poor old Dr Trumpy, the, the president of the Warrigal Club, he came out to North Jindavik about three times to try and get me to come in and play with Warrigal. I said, it's no good, doctor. His bloody knee's no good. Anyway, three times I think he came out there. Finally, I said, well, 
Oh, come in and have a kick set to see how we go. I think I kicked set for which I don't know that was full forward or centre half forward, and I kicked six goals in the first quarter of it. And luckily, then started the second quarter, come down from a mark, bloody me, man. That's finished today. Didn't play footy ever again? Yes, I played a few games with Long Warriors some ten years after. Ten years after. But I've got the carpets cut out of me now, mate. Well, but the only thing that I've done was contrary to what the Ernest Saunders didn't advocate that. Had he done that, I asked him, or he said, I don't know, I don't advise that. Were the when you started, what was Richmond successful when you first came there? Were they a successful team? Richmond. Mm. Did you expect them to be successful? Oh, they were too. They were premiers in 1934, I think. That's right. So you thought, oh, I've come to the right club here. Yeah. Oh, I've got a good chance. Think anything about that? Was I only ever had in my mind what club I'd go to if ever I had the chance. Mm. Did any yeah. other club want you? No, nobody else. Nobody else. No. Right. No. the reserve? What were the reserves like? What was the original reserves like when you played for them? Were they successful? Not really. Yeah. We lost, I think, as many as we won. Because the reserves were more just like. All the youngsters would be in the reserves, is that right, to try and give them... Well, that's where the seniors get their, their, their players from. Mm -hmm. or, or it is up here, and yes. it should be down there too. But these days it's all different. Once a bloke up here turns out that he's any good, they've got their scouts and they're searching everywhere for every club. It's for, for mm -hmm. players that are a, a bit above the average, aren't they? There's Dickies in it today if you're good enough. That's right. That's right. Yeah. When you when you finished matches on the weekends, did you used to go out and celebrate? I never bothered. I'll tell you a story about that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. One night I took a couple of mates down with me down to the seconds at Richmond. When the seconds played at home, we always had the hall and we always had a dance there on the Saturday night. When the seniors played at home, they had the hall and they had their dance. But there was always about twice as many at the seconds as what there was at the seniors. For why, I'm not sure. But I remember taking a couple of blokes down there one night and a fellow named, what well, we used to call him Porridge, Porridge Langdon, Les Langdon. I think his father at one stage was was treasurer or of the club for some many years. Yes, that's true. And uh, I used to work with him, Merle Langdon. I'll tell you where they used to live if I walked down Bloody Punt Road. I can't remember the names there. Anyway, these lads say with a couple of blokes, they wanted to know if they could have a beer. I said, I think so, because I knew they had a bar there somewhere. I never sort of worried me. I'd have a couple of beers when we finish the game, but I didn't worry about it. And uh, I said, hang on a minute. I said, hey, Porridge, us kids have a beer? 
Ah, says, says Porridge. You make a new man now, do you? Oh, I don't know about that, but I think we could have a couple of beers without annoying anybody. Of course you can have a beer, he said. Have as many beers as you like. But remember this, you're a man now, and behave yourself like a man. Now that's the words that Tori Slangan told me. I never forgot him, and I reckon it was good advice. Yeah. When was the last time you, you were at Punt Road? Oh dear, that's a good question. A long time ago. Like when you finished your career, did you go down and watch Richmond still? Oh, I, I did as often as I could, but when you live up here and get them down there, it's a... So when did you when did you move up here? When did you move up here to Cherubin? Oh, Jesus. Well, we were married about 32 years. I think it was a before then. Oh, bum. And first then. Yeah. What about what, what, what decade would you have been up here? Well, I was dairy farming out here at a place called Cornella for five years before we came in here. And that was before this power plant went in out there. And I reckon in my heart that, that this crowd that we used to call the State Electricity Commission, we reckon, or I reckon, they would dam that creek up away up in the, in the foothills and it would flood our farm. I decided I'd get out if I could, so I, I bloody sold it. Well, they decided in the finish that they wouldn't dam it because they reckon they only had one wall to make, the three walls were made. And then he had to put a wall on the one end, but they reckon it wouldn't hold the water. Well, it would soup underneath or something. Anyway, they, they, and now there's a great heap of brick veneer homes on the old farm. It's split up. Right. And you want to know when that was? Well, that's a few years ago now. Well, 40 odd years ago. Yeah. So, when you when you played football with Richmond, were there some players that you you made of a, a friendship with? Were there particular players? Oh well, I only played those three games with the seniors. So no. uh, I was good mates with George Smith when he was down there. When he was playing second A day for football. Tell me, what was Jack Dyer like? He was alright. Yep. Was he as good as people say he was? I don't think there's any doubt. Right. I don't play for 19 years without being good, sure. Who else? Who else? Can you tell me some other names that you thought were good in the Richmond team that you really loved watching? Well, Walter, Sheer, O'Neill. Right. Baggett, Murdoch, McCormick, they were all in my book, they were all champions, they were all specialists in their own position. And the centre line, Judkins, Zek, Geddes, 
They were all magnificent players. Eric Zek was a beautiful kick of a ball. Judkins? Yeah, we used to kick it up in here, go and chase it, and rattle it out again like a rabbit and get it and kick it again. Yeah. <laughs> but you want to brattle it? I know you did. Yeah. But, uh, what was Martin Bolger like? Well, he was a specialist in his own position. Not many blokes kicked a lot of goals on him. You know, they take up the resting rovers, don't they, as a rule? They were a lot older than me. Yeah. Most of those blokes should be gone now. That's true, yeah. yeah. Old Jack's still alive, I think. Dyer? Yeah. Yeah, Dyer. Uh, yeah. Joe Murdoch's still alive? Yeah. Yeah, of course, they were all men when I was a kid. Yeah. So you were the young, you were the, really the young youngster of the team, were you? this on the phone, did, did you have any, did you keep a scrapbook or did you have any photos of yourself? No, I haven't. No. no. Disappointed with that, are you? No, not really. No. I, was, I was disappointed in so much that, that I had to give it away so, so early before it got started, really. But that's, you know, you win some and you lose some, yeah. don't you? Nobody has it all. That's true. So, do you have any photos of yourself playing for any football side? No, not that I know. Because the museum hasn't got any, and uh, you know, we, no. we can't find you in any. That's unusual. In any photos, you know. No. Maybe, maybe the Hurstbridge Premiership team photo. Maybe that's. I don't know. That's a long while ago. Yeah. I think that was nineteen thirty-six. Do you remember how you got your your football gear? Did you did you you know have to go out and buy your own boots or? Well, when I went to Richmond, I did, did when we were playing with Hurst Bridge. You bought your own stuff. Uh, I can't remember about Guernseys. I got an idea they supplied us with the Guernseys. It's your boots and that. I think you bought your own. When I got down to Richmond, they supplied me with a pair of boots. Bloody beautiful boots too. Yeah. Well, there's some blackies to make them there. Yeah. Sorry. Kangaroo hide. Kangaroo hide. Boots. That is the best leather you can buy. You can get a pair of kangaroo hide shoes and beautiful soft leather. Now tell me about your, your woodworking. How did you, how did you... How did you, you get into woodworking? Oh, well, I, I, I'd done a bit of sawmilling at one stage. And I think I was telling you the last 10 years of my working life, I, I worked selling timber for a firm in Bansdale. And I sold them their first sawmilling back in 1939, I think. Bansdale's first sawmill? No. I, I sold them the first sawmill they ever had and they've got on to become the biggest sawmillers in Australia. I think I'll tell you that they were cutting 100,000 super feet of timber a day when I left them. And that's a lot of wood, 20 semi-trailer loads. Mm. 
Have you been doing woodworking all your life now? Since then? Oh, since I retired, I've been buggering around with bits of wood. I'll show you a few things. Oh, yeah, we'll have a, yeah, 